We're going now. The boys are bored. We're going and we're never coming back. Once this is on, no one will even hear you. Not even if anybody came. Not even if you were begging on your knees. Ebony never begs. You don't have the guts to do it. See you in hell. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 27 of Conversation League Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Maggie. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 27, the screenplay was done by Charles Hodges. It was directed by Colin McCall. And the episode synopsis were read out by myself. Tyson fears that Ebony is in danger, but can she drum up support from the rest of the tribe for a rescue mission before it's too late? Elsewhere, Jack and Ellie's relationship keeps the Morass entertained, and Lex lets slip some vital information. Interesting episode, because I feel like it can be split very clearly into its three plots. You have your A plot, B plot, C plot, mm-hmm. and each, but they're not all on the same level of quality, which I think is interesting. I would say Ebony's is the A plot, like what's going on with her. And then you have your B plot, which is the just the scatterbrained events happening in the mall. And then you have your C plot, which is like the girls, you know, trying to find a boyfriend or whatever, you know. And it's like the A plot's very good. Very, mm-hmm. very good. I, I'm, I've been, oh, Meryl, man, I'm going to be singing your praises this episode. Uh, but then you have the B plot, which is serviceable. It's, it's, it's very efficient, expository. This is what's happening. We're not lingering on it. Boom, 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 boom. And then you have your C-plot where you're just like, yeah, I guess this is what the kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> and so because you're jumping back and forth between those quali- that quality, that I feel like, I th- like you know, there'd be parts where I'm just like, oh, I kind of hate this episode. And then they'd get back to the A-plot and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I kind of love this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, agreed. The quality just isn't balanced. Yeah. But when it's good, it's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's jump into that, because um, after her prophetic dream of Ebony in danger, Tysan wakes first Alice and then the rest of the Morats in an attempt to convince them to fi- help find her. And yeah, we've got a couple of questions on that. Like, What do you think of Tysan's insistence that they help Ebony, especially considering everything that's happened? Ebony tried to kill you. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. Um, Tysan uh, is a way better person than I ever could be. <laughs> I'm not really surprised about it, though. Because not either, but... Tysan's always been this... Yes. You know, this way we have to help others. Yeah, but it, and you know, but and even Ebony, you know, I stand. It's okay to be angry and it's okay to hold a grudge. You can do that. It is fine. She tried to kill you. Yeah. Like, but I get it. It is who Tyson is. Like, is is a character. You know what I mean? Um, as far as she, you know, Ebony is one of them. Her eyes is in danger. Let's rescue her. It's no different than if it would be any other member of the Mall Rats. I think. Yeah, but we, we see this later with her as well. It doesn't matter how someone acts. Yeah. If it's someone who needs her help yeah. and who she can sense is at least in mental danger, even if not in physical danger at that moment, she will try to help them. Yeah. Not saying it's a good choice. It's not even that it's not a good but- thing. Okay? Their ch- their ch- her choice and her insistence to help Ebony ended up being a good, a good thing, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, it was necessary, um, but it's just if she could have. I don't. I don't know because that you, does she not have any feelings, personal feelings, in regards to what Ebony tried to do to her? 
Is she a robot? Yeah. This is where I'm stuck on what, exactly what you said, Maggie. I think if she had a grudge, but still, mm. still insisted that they help her, I think I'd relate to it a bit yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she's just like, has just buried it and like, okay, it's fine. Nothing's happening. Yeah, it's, it's whatever. She, yeah, you know, she she poison, tried to poison her she, and killed a dog in the process. But this is, you know, there's yeah. got to be some type of feeling there. And it just seems like she's yeah. different in general as far as that goes. And I, I don't know. Yeah, but we haven't seen her giving any sort of emotional response to the fact that Ebony tried to kill her. Other than her forgiving her. Yeah. Which, I mean, I get, because it's Tysan. You know what I'm saying? But it just... Uh, That's I don't, the I don't, yeah. I don't, She is a teenage <laughs> yeah. girl. In the end, this is a teenage girl. Yeah, you know but one I, with strong beliefs about right and wrong and... Well, it was wrong how she feels. to kill her. Yeah, it was wrong of Ebony to try and kill her, but, I mean, she believes that all life should be protected. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I get that. I get that, you know. Mm. I just would have liked to seen, you know, her have a little bit of a more emotional response to the situation and to Ebony having done what she did. You know, like Lance said, they just buried it. It just disappeared, you know. Mm. And now there's this big thing where Tysan's supposed to save Ebony's life. Well, why does it have to be Tysan? <laughs> you know? I, I don't get that. I don't get. I. I. It's. I. I don't know. I don't know. It's confusing. Because there's no one left that cares about Ebony. <laughs> fair. That's fair. But why is I? I get it. Okay. Whatever. She tried to kill her, and this girl's still trying to save her life. You know. Like. I don't like that. I still don't like Tyson. It's fine. <laughs> I, I'm not going into plots for this. Okay. <laughs> you know I have theories there. I know we're we're good on that. I think. I, I think it's a part of her, like, overall character arc. When I look at um, the progression of Tyson over three seasons, I look at back at season one, Tyson, and how, how little regard she actually had for people when she would um, impart her spiritual wisdom. Yeah. You know, like, on one hand, she's like, oh, I'm going to sleep with Lex to help the tribe. It'll be better for everybody if I take care of his whatever. And then when it's pointed out to her, well, what about Zondra's well-being? If she finds out, she immediately becomes a hypocrite and is like, oh, Zondra has to take care of herself. There was a, a carelessness in how she behaved. She didn't actually practice what she was preaching about mm -hmm. caring about everybody. Um, and, uh, and then you see her at this new stage in her life where she now has an actual friend someone who cares about her, who's teaching her what it means to actually care about people. And we see Tysan trying to employ, you can see her actively trying to practice what she preached, actually be all the things she says in her philosophies. And of course, so she's overbalancing completely into a, like you guys said, it's almost like she's in a Zen state where nothing's supposed to really affect her. Mm -hmm. Um, and that could just be a defense mechanism. How do you deal with the fact that someone tried to kill you? Yeah. You know, how do you do that? If you're afraid of letting anger or resentment take over, you may go into more of a toxic positivity to deal with it. And then, of course, when you see when she gets into season three, she really takes it to the extreme mm -hmm. of trying to mm -hmm. care for somebody to the point where it's like they you caring for this person is going to do more damage to everyone mm -hmm. that you care about. So uh, I do think it's just part of her journey of growing up and trying to find that balance of being a good person and actually being the things that you say you believe in 
And, but of course, you know, you're learning. I, I've gone through phases like Tysan. I don't want to say all of it, it's toxic positivity, but it does veer into that direction sometimes for her. And you do wonder, and you see her struggle when she can't push down the wealth of emotion. You know, she's able to push down any anger she might've had at Ebony. She's able to reason it out and it's not a problem for her. But later we'll see her actually struggle with emotions that she can't swallow down and she doesn't know how to deal with having these emotions. Somebody taught her when she was young, it wasn't appropriate to feel, you know, show all that. Um, it's actually kind of weird because she and Ebony have a lot in common in that way. Um, somebody taught them when they were young, they couldn't be vulnerable by showing their emotions and by showing that they were affected by the things happening around them. They just show it in completely different ways. And, uh, so I do think Tyson probably going through a place like that in her life. You know, people who are always like, life is hard, so they try to be happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, you can't be. But that they're so desperate to be happy all the time. They're always looking for the silver lining. Eventually, a person's going to crack because that's not healthy to always be that way. But I do think that's where she is. I think that's why there's kind of a desperation to help Ebony you know, to, I don't know, fix why Ebony hated her enough to try and kill her. It, it's the, I think it's the way of coping with the fact that, wow, you tried to kill me. <laughs> so how do I fix this? I, maybe I fix you, you know? Um, I don't know. She does like to fix broken things and broken people. Yep. Yeah. Actually, we, you know, we see that with Lex. We see that, you know, with, with the Guardian later. And uh I, I, I guess I can see, like I said, it does make sense for her character, you know, but I I just would have liked to see her at least be like, you tried to kill me. I saved your life anyway. You know, I felt like you deserve to live. Because <sighs> I guess it does speak, you know, volumes as to who Tysan is as a character, you know, and I never really thought about the fact that her friendship with Alice has really made a difference yeah. in how she interacts with the other mall rats. Um, Alice has been wonderful for her. Yeah, but let's not leave. Let's not forget. Last time she had a dream. Yeah, that that was this vivid. Yeah, it led to them finding, you know, Eagle Mountain and everything that happened there. And for her, this is something she views as okay. Last time I had a dream like this, it was very important that we follow it. So this time we should follow it as well because who knows what why I'm getting this dream. Yeah. yeah let's talk about that a bit more because um like the tribe leans on into a lot of different areas like we get a lot of sci-fi later on um but we, we has been sprinkled with a lot of these kind of spiritual concepts that come mainly from Tyson. are you happy at like the religious kind of angle we end up in or do you think there should be more more focus on the spiritual aspects i think they played it safe and i think it was probably a smart thing to do um Considering how they've handled other subject matter, and we've had to criticize it, I don't know if this show could have handled religion in a way that wasn't going to offend somebody. I, I think they keep it just vague enough. They, they keep it to the point where, just so you understand, people believe in things, and in some cases, it can be good for the world, and in other cases, it can be bad for the world. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they just play it safe and keep it vague rather than actually getting into denominations and, uh, you know, what is it, like, 
well, I'm this denomination and this is what we believe. And so you must be wrong because you're that denomination. And instead of getting into all that, they're just like. <laughs> yeah, but they're not getting into that right now. Because we do get that later, you know, yeah. chosen. Get- and maybe that's why they don't focus on it so much now. But, but even the chosen. But even mm-hmm. the chosen are vague. They're not an actual religion that exists in our world. They created one. So it's like there's no offense to any actual right. religion. It's yeah. just the vagueness of, for example, Tysan's religion is her spirituality and she uses it for good. So it's a positive spin on spirituality and religion where mm-hmm. the chosen are an example of a negative impact it can have when people use their religion to try to control everybody and dominate everybody. But by keeping it vague and not exploring actual religion, like Catholic, Christian, Buddhism or whatever, you know what I mean? They're not, they're not poking at I, anybody. I always found that interesting though, because later on we see Tyson mentioning to the Guardian that he follows the Khan and he responds that that's the same sort of vision that he follows. I think that was on purpose. It's the point yeah, of but- saying that Two different people were able to look at the same book and come away comp- yeah. with completely yeah. different interpretations of how they should use that knowledge. Mm. Tyson uses it in a positive sense, uses it in a negative. Because you'll notice they don't really delve much further into what that book is. No, and there's hardly anything to be found about it either. Right. <laughs> Again, vague. And I, I think it was a smart move for them to make, considering hat, what a hot sauce button topic religion can be mm-hmm. but yeah t- thinking about specifically Tyson in this moment i do think they could have explored a bit more about the spiritual concept that he's into mm-hmm. i would have liked to see a little bit more of what he actually believed in yeah just, I, you know s- s- some tiny bits yeah just interests me i would have just liked to know why she believes what she believes um, because it comes into play so often, mm-hmm. I it gets to the point where you're just kind of like, why do you feel this way about these things, Tyson? Like, who taught you? It's strange that there's never even mentioned that this is what I was taught by my parents or somebody. You know, it's just, was she born into being and this is just what she is? It's, if you're going to make her belief system such a strong point in the show, and mm-hmm. such a focal on whether it's real or not. And I, I would have liked to know where she learned it and, you know, why she follows it, why she believes in it, you know. Yeah. Hence why I said I'd love it if they would have explored more about it. Yeah, because, I mean, her dreaming is a, a specific plot point mm-hmm. <laughs> in several points of the show. So yeah, I, I would have loved to just delve a little bit more into that. Like, what's its origins, how it has affected her, how she's used it before. Um, why Tyson? Yeah, because obviously to me, like, it conjures up like Native American like dreaming mm-hmm. and how they used to go on their vision quests. And I, I just want to like to a little bit, just something, just to kind of tie it into Tyson and why it's part of her kind of self kind of thing. But yeah, it's, I understand why they can't go too heavily into these things, but just something just to help develop it for her. Um, was anyone surprised by the reaction by the rest of the tribe? Honestly, yeah, like I was like, you know, Ryan was just like, that was just a coincidence, you know, like I, I don't, I would have expected a little bit more support um, from at least a couple of them, you know, girls, maybe even Ryan, you know what I mean? Because they saw like they were there, but 
I'd, for them not to have just a little bit more faith in Tysan. As much as I may not care for her, she has done things, you know, to help the tribe. Mm-hmm. She has, yeah. she, you know, and she she has she has done good. Um, and for them to not, it, it, do they not have the faith in her because it's about Ebony? That's what I think it is. You know, I, I think it's the circumstances. They don't care about Ebony. They don't want to find her. They're not sad she's gone. Yeah. So they're, you know, even if some of them believe that, yeah, her dreams, you know, have shown, been proven right in the past. It's really about not caring about Ebony and finding any excuse to not have to go find her. And so it's a lot easier to be like, it was just a dream, Tysan. So they don't even have to take this seriously because they don't want to. They don't care. You can see the good riddance Strange. in Bray's face, you know? Yeah, but it's just, it's rather stupid of them, in my opinion. I mean, at that point in time, Bray and Dan are already wondering what on earth Ebony is up to. So if Tysan oh, yeah. has any clue, you go would- find her. If you know where she is, you can know what she's up to. Yep, exactly. You would think that they would want to at least know where she's at, you know? Um, yeah. And then even more so after, you know, Danny realizes that the militia is going to be useless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was more so, you know, Ebony was out of their hair. And they yeah, were okay with that. They were glad to be rid of her, but mm-hmm. they didn't like the fact that, it, that they didn't know what she was up to, where she yeah. was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and isn't Bray so good at the, at finding things? And doesn't he have connections in the city? Like, <laughs> that was I, season, I, it was season one, Bray. Season one, Bray. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, wouldn't he? I, come on, Bray. Come on. Nah, by now he's lost his char- his charms all over all the girls in the city. He's afraid so to go outside. Just gone. It's fine. Yeah. It may not have been a smart reaction, but it was a realistic reaction. Yeah. Um, I completely understood. I. I was not that surprised. I mean, I was surprised that they decided to have these kids react the way they should to Ebony being missing. I was surprised by that because I thought these guys haven't reacted appropriately to Ebony this whole time. (laughs) So I was surprised that they actually had the kids go, who the frick cares where she is? You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, that's how they should react. I'm not saying it's the wisest reaction, but given what Ebony's just put these guys through, how they feel about her. The fact that they wanted a reason to get rid of her. They only keep her around because they need the militia. They're kind of scared of what, the backlash if they kicked her out without mm-hmm. what they considered a good reason. Mm-hmm. This, she just made it easy for them by disappearing, you know? And they're just like, whatever. I get that. I'm like, wow, okay. I'm glad you guys are finally responding to Ebony in a way that makes freaking sense <laughs> for you yeah. to feel this way, you know? I have to say this about it, though. It's so good to see that they respond that way. Simply because, I mean, they didn't care when Trudy went, went missing, but they never responded this way with, a, oh, yeah, well, the only one that responded with, a, ah, well, that's two less mouths to feed with Lex. Yeah, it, it makes more sense that they respond this way to as in good riddance to yeah. ebony yeah you know yeah i did like danny's reaction of like yeah what where, where what is she cooking up elsewhere mm-hmm. he was the only one who's like okay she must be scheming something yeah is this another one of your friends that sort of paralyze you first then they eat your eyeballs out while you're still conscious this was somebody's pet once back 
It's not poisonous. And it's probably had its fangs removed. I'm in no hurry. I'll find something else. Don't waste your time. Everybody has something they're afraid of. Even you. It's just a matter of finding it. Be my guest. So, realizing that he can't physically beat Ebony into submission, Spike instead turns his attention on her emotional state in order to finally break her. He sets off to find her trigger, but Ebony easily sidesteps his use of a house spider. Um, so yeah, panel, what did you make of the traumatic scenes of Ebony's flashbacks and Zoot's indoctrination? Give Meryl a trophy. <laughs> oh my gosh, this girl, this girl. Like, I mean, we all know she can act. We all know Ebony can carry a scene. We all know she's good. But the balance that she that she manages to hit such a range of emotions and sells every single one of them mm-hmm. so brilliantly. I believe everything this girl is going through. You know, I, I feel it in my, like, it's just coming out of her pores. She put everything into this performance. It was so well written. This is clearly the A plot, the focus. It is what saves the episode. I can feel Spike's frustration at not being able to break her. She's his bully. You know what I mean? He want to get back at her. He has every right to want to get back at her and he just can't break her. She's just too good. I love how confident she is with this spider. I'm not even afraid of spiders like that, but I, I would be really hard for me to just let one like that crawl over oh, me and yeah, play no. it cool. Like, and I'm not afraid of them. And I'd still be like, oh, oh, heebie-jeebies, heebie-jeebies, heebie-jeebies. And the way she plays that off, like, she's not even bothered. And then as soon as he's out of sight, her natural yes. instinct kicks in. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I can't believe I let that thing crawl over my arm. <laughs> I, it, yeah. I was bluffing the whole time. I don't even know if that thing could bite me, you know? I, that I was love fantastic. it. Yes. So good. Oh, my gosh. I'll leave it at that. Meryl, I bow down to you. You are a queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll say this though simply for doing that spike deserves anything that's coming at him (laughs) (laughs) now i i think the worst thing spike does is what he does later that is one of the cruelest things anyone could do and Mm -hmm. uh, i'll jump ahead but yeah i know but you know this this was enough for me I do like that they decided to, um, and maybe this is why Tysan is responding to Ebony the way she is. I like that they're actually, they're going to start exploring whether a character who's been portrayed as one of the worst people you will ever, mm-hmm. ever meet, can they truly be redeemed? Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, Lex has a person who actually loves him. And that's what redeems him in a way. Like, that's why he's forgiven his crimes. Mm-hmm. Because he does have someone who loves him enough to keep holding on, blah, 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 whether or yeah. not you agree with it, that is what he has. Ebony has no one who loves yeah. her. Can a person like that be redeemed? And the fact that they explore that storyline and make you hope that it could happen to the point where you might forget things that she's done because you get to see a whole different side of her only to be dropped on your face I applaud them for even starting a storyline like this with a character like Ebony and make you question, like, should you write off every person who is broken like she clearly is? Is there hope for a person like this if you treated them differently, if you gave them a chance or whatever, um, if you gave them a clean slate? I I respect them for even trying that because... They could have just kept it straight. Ebony's just a bad person and there's no hope for her ever. And we should never even consider that she herself 
it hurts. She has pain. She is trauma mm-hmm. and she's human. And um, this is a better example of humanizing a villain than I think they did with Lex. Yeah. Yeah. This makes a lot more sense, you know, like when we see these scenes with with Zoot and and how he made her into what she was when we met her at season one, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of season one. Because um, uh, I don't necessarily think that she was the Ebony that we know now, you know, before the virus. Uh, maybe that's why Bray was attracted to her and did have, you know, could see mm-hmm. the good in her because she wasn't. Who Zoot made her into be, you know? Um, yeah, I did, I'm excited to get to see this all, you know, play out from here on out. Like Liz was talking about, I'm I'm super excited yeah. for that. What I really like about seeing this is it doesn't feel like they're making an excuse for why Ebony is the way yeah. she is. Like, oh, feel sorry for Ebony because Zoot was really awful to her. Instead, it feels more like this is something you didn't know about her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, these are things she's also suffered through. She also has vulnerabilities. She has traumas. And, but it didn't feel like, see, you should forgive her. Right. Because, like, he's like, well, like, you know what I mean? Flashback. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel like they were making, a, yeah, it, it wasn't an excuse for Ebony. It was just like, you might want to, you know, it's something to consider. You want to, you might want to, and it feels like more of a reason for Ebony to be broken in many ways. Mm-hmm. Because it, as Maggie pointed out, while she's a petty biatch in the mm-hmm. flashback with her and Trudy, mm-hmm. she's, it's typical petty. Yeah. You don't really mm-hmm. see her do anything truly cold hearted no. or cruel mm-hmm. to anyone. What she steals a boy from a girl. You know what Me I mean? Like girls, that's yeah. basically all she does in that flashback. She's not as sensitive to Bray, be, you know, when his parents are sick as she could have been. But, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. So there's, you know, you could believe that, she, like Maggie said, she wasn't always this bad yeah. before the virus. She might have just been a very selfish young teenage girl. But now she's this cold-hearted, yeah. like, attempted murderess. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just refuse to, to accept that, you know, Bray would have been interested in a Ebony who is she, as she is now, yeah. you know? Like, there had to have been something there that Bray was like, okay, this girl's not all that bad. You know what I mean? Like, and she warned me about, you know, Martin liking Trudy and, you know, like, he thought she was good, right? I mean, clearly there's more to their relationship than we get, we got to see on camera mm-hmm. because of things we find out in the future, you know? Yeah. And this flashback just, it gives us so much, even though they're short, mm-hmm. you just, just the vulnerability in her eyes at some point and the stubbornness yeah. of I'm not giving him. I'm not giving in to Twoman doesn't beg. No, she knows fully well what's going to happen if she does. Mm-hmm. And she tries her hardest to just prove that she's worthy to Zoot. Oh, those looks in her eyes. It's just. I think that's something she's probably struggled with a yeah. lot in her life, you know, wanting to be good enough. You know, she we deal with, you know, Java and Siva later on and, yeah. and Ebony and her resentment for them. And I feel like that, you know, this is just she's always wanted to yeah. be and be you know good so or not good but good enough for people yeah someone taught her like if you're not the best mm-hmm. then you're not even worth yeah. it yeah and we know who they're you know who she grew up with right you know like and how they you know they are later you know i don't want to give away too much 
people in the room here. Um, and just maybe, I'm just glad we get to see this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we get to see her, like, sort of becoming who she is when we meet her in season one. Another thing I really like about this flashback is it's a reminder that Zoot wasn't just some misunderstood yes. kid. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was monstrous uh-huh. he earned his reputation yeah. he wasn't just a boy whose brother got everything and then no no there was something wrong with martin yeah. okay and he let it all out after his parents oh, yeah. died and it's like he enjoyed every bit of it he enjoyed it there, there was a sadism to it the way he is with ebony is mm-hmm. just so unsettling yes. he is punishing her for vulnerability he wants her mm-hmm. to feel ashamed of having feelings. And just the way Ebony reacts to that tells me that he's not the first person to do this to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is something she grew up with. Feeling ashamed of any vulnerability, which is why she fights him so hard, you know, and tries not to give in. And that moment when she finally begs, please don't leave me in here. What he says to her, like, if you want to be my woman, you got to be tough enough to do this stuff. I will leave you here to die or you got to get on your knees and beg me. Like, it's just, (laughs) so when people are just like, oh no, Zoot was really a nice guy. I'm like, screw you. No, he (laughs) wasn't. You know nothing. Let me tell you a story. They're like, but you should see him hold his daughter. I'm like, yeah, you probably wanted to shake her. (laughs) And he would have been just as likely to take to take Brady out of that mall away from Trudy and you know what I mean? Never mm-hmm. allow her to see her again. Like, what would the mm-hmm. mall rats have done? I mean, this, this was going to be my next question. This puts a completely different spin on Zoot. That's ah. what mm-hmm. you kind of get. <laughs> yeah, I, I still think there were two sides to Zoot. <laughs> I think there like, was. But... Sometimes, it, sometimes it feels like a bit of a split personality thing with how you see him before and how you see him later. Yeah, but you see how, like, absolutely possessive of Trudy he is before he even happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the flashbacks. So we kind of see that part of his personality, even mm-hmm. in the flashbacks when he's still Martin. Yeah. Like yeah. Liz has said in the past, Zoot's always been there. Virus just allowed that part of him, of him to deep- come out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something broke and yes. it came out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, it snapped. Ooh. Boy, did it snap me <laughs> Because it's like, I've seen Ebony do cruel things to people, but there's just something sadistic about what he's doing with her. Emotional and trauma, and that's... I've never seen her do that to anyone. I've seen her be cold. I've seen her be calculated. I've seen her be impersonal. Manipulate and blackmail. And vindictive yes. and get revenge. But I've never seen her do this to someone. I've never seen mm-hmm. Lex do something like this to someone. To early enjoy breaking another person down yeah. when you're a 15 year old boy, yeah. like he needs help. <laughs> he needs help. This is what happens without access to professionals. Yes. Yeah. He's needed help for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bray was just blind to it because he loved his little brother. Yeah, it was you his know? baby brother, his sweet baby brother. And uh, I just like that's what always gets me when I'm like, "This, you guys looking at this guy?" <laughs> I love Zoo. You all know he mm-hmm. is. You know what I mean? But he, 
there's a reason I love him, you know, and it's exactly what Liz is saying. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> there's, love there's, him for the right reason. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> don't be romanticizing right. him. Like. No, I don't want to date him. I don't want to right. have his babies. You know what I mean? Like, no. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, there's suit. There's Bray's image of suit. And there's the chosen's image of Zeus. Now, and we see like these things, and it really makes you know, like Trudy's image of him, so much more mm. prominent. What she saw from him, you know, like she felt that possessiveness. She, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she ran. She was yes. scared. Yes. And we get why. Yes. Yeah. She was just like he was nice. He was a nice guy, but I didn't want to be with him. There is. There, you could tell she was unsettled right, right. by him. She didn't want to be with him, and that's where the problem lied. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and she specifically said later that, you know, she, and Bray said it too. She left because she was scared. Exactly. Yes. She was scared of him. She was scared of the Loco. She was scared of, you know. Yeah. And we yeah. I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. I really do find it hard to believe the zoo would have just been like, well, I'm going to give this up and just come live in the mall and play happy families. That never would have <laughs> happened. Anybody who nope, says nope. that it would have, it would not have. <laughs> he would have kidnapped Brady and that would have been the end of it. He's like, well, I'm going to raise this nah. kid to be a monster. No, 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 no. Um, he, he would have taken them both. Possibly. Possibly. Or, and or he would have probably just, did the same. He would have done the same to Trudy that he did to Ebony. Yeah, he probably would have just locked Trudy up. You're On right. And left her there. Until she complied. And she would have. We all know she would have. I don't know if he would have done those things to Trudy. Mm. There's a whole. There's a difference. Because he doesn't care about Ebony. He never did. Yeah, sure he enough. did care about Trudy. And that's now, I'm yeah. not saying that his feelings for Trudy were mature. or And I don't believe it was real love. No. What he felt for her was not love. It was possessiveness. Yes. Um, it was entitlement. Yes. But I don't think he would have done those things to Trudy. Especially if he was getting what he wanted from Trudy. If Trudy was just his girlfriend, he'd be getting what he wanted. Mm -hmm. But there would have been other signs of his unhealthy obsession with her yeah. that would have been different forms of abuse. Different ways of trying to control her. No, he'd never lock her up in a closet and threaten to, yeah. you know. But, but there, there's different things. ways of locking yes. someone up. He would have probably isolated her. Yeah, there would have been a lot of emotional abuse used, in that relationship. He would have used Brady to control Trudy. Yeah. There's no mm -hmm. doubt in my mind that he would have used his child, but mm -mm. I feel he would have loved his child. But at the same time, yeah. he knows, you know, what he would know that <laughs> that's the thing that gets Trudy. Yeah. Now, am I saying that Zoot could never come back from the brink? Because, again, he is a 15-year-old boy mm -hmm. who's been given the freedom to give in to his darkest impulses. And none of us are the best of ourselves when we're 15 years old. Um, so it is possible that he could have grown out of this, um, but it's not something that would have happened overnight just because he had his baby daughter in his arms, right? You know, mm -hmm. people just seem to think that yeah, that that's, that would have just changed every little thing about him. Like Martin would have been back, you know, just because of the yeah. way that he holds her and he looks at her. I'm like, like for a moment, he's he's holding like holy crap. Yeah, this came from me, right? You know. And yeah, he's in awe for a moment. So was Trudy before she decided, I don't want this. Yes, you know? exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I did appreciate just, and Danny, Daniel James did such a great job oh, so coming good. back. He was yeah. relishing oh. this. He mm -hmm. was chewing it like bubble gum. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he's like, well, I really get to be <laughs> the bad guy. 
you really <laughs> see how much like Zoot enjoys what he's doing mm -hmm. in that moment. So it, it's just so real and uh, you gotta love what you so do. Good, yes, it must be so enjoyable to play, though. Oh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did like you know how they use the echoes, and even with connecting it to the moment that Ebony's experiencing when she remembers this. Behind Zoot, you see this giant spider web, yeah. which is just, you know, that teeny tiny connection to what she's going through with the freaky spider on her. <sighs> Sorry, that scene gives me the creeps. I like how the more broken down she's becoming by her ordeal, it's not what Spike's doing to her. It's the fact that he's mm -hmm. leaving her isolated and locked up mm -hmm. and completely vulnerable she doesn't know what he's going to do next he doesn't you know she can't like when she freaks out you i was calling for you didn't you hear me you you saw how much that disturbed mm -hmm. her that he left her alone and it was starting to trigger this trauma and the more she keeps sliding down this hole the more we get to see of the trauma and mm -hmm. see how bad mm -hmm. it got with zoot you know and I just love how even her body language just changes. And she, oh my gosh, that must have been so uncomfortable the way he has her cuffed. Yes. Like, poor girl. <laughs> and you just see her, at first she holds herself defiantly and then her just, everything, the will in her body just slumps. She doesn't even care how vulnerable she looks anymore. You know, it, she's just lost in her, the prison of her mind. The handcuffs don't even matter mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. You know, and... I'm just, she performed that so well. And it was just nice to explore psychological trauma yes. and how it affects mm -hmm. people. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we have to move on to the B and C plots. <laughs> okay, let's, let's move on to Ellie first. So, Ellie's frustrated that she can't run the story about Ebony's disappearance for the Amulet for fear of broadcasting the tribe's lack of security, with Jack admitting that he doesn't want anything to happen to her. So yeah, Panel, what did you think of this conversation? Um, and uh, yeah, Ellie not being able to ever write a true story. Uh, I feel so bad for Ellie for that. I mean, I fully get why she can't publish that. Mm. But, it does uh, suck because, you know, she wants to be honest and whatnot. But <laughs> mm -hmm. when, when I was watching it, I'm like, Ellie, you know why you can't publish this. <laughs> you, you know why you can't publish this. It sucks, you know? <laughs> That's the problem. It's not that Ellie doesn't know why she can't publish it. It's the fact that they keep hiding these yeah. things. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're hiding them is so they can keep up the illusion of power. It's that reminder that we aren't, this newspaper doesn't stand for truth any more than the mall rats stand for what's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. That's what I think really bothers Ellie. Not so mm -hmm. much that, oh, I found a fun story and I can't print it and I don't know why. She does. And that's what bugs her. You know, she even mm -hmm. says, Jack, I thought you said no more lies. Yeah. I thought that was the point. What's the point of having a newspaper when really it's just state propaganda at this point? Mm -hmm. She wanted to be a truth sayer for the world. She wanted to be a journalist. She didn't want to be a propaganda machine voice piece for the mall rats. And that's what she's becoming. And she understands why, but she doesn't like it. You know, it's just so we can be in power. And that sucks that we have to do this. I don't like this. And, of course, it helps that Jack spins it into, I just want you to be safe. And she's like, okay. Like, yeah, I know that. I know that. Nice move, Jack. Nice. <laughs> oh, the looks between them, though. I know I always say I loathe Jelly, but 
Right now, they're adorable. <laughs> I was. I was just like, oh, how freaking sweet. Gag. Gross. <laughs> were some good laughs, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at Michael Wesley Smith's face, and it's just so... Oh, this looks like puppy love. Yeah, he was my... I liked Jack when I was a teenager. Yeah. I liked his hair. That's Pretty sure I had Michael Wesley Smith written on everything in my room. I don't know if it's because my last name, you know, or what, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a jelly fan, but I'm also not like a jelly hater. You know what I mean? Like, I don't hate them. I don't have a problem with them. But I'm also not like... I was never in love with them either. I was just kind of like, okay. They work, you know, they're fine, whatever. Yeah, they're not fighting. I, I, that's great. That's great. That's I, good. I think that things that happened later probably colored my opinion of exactly. Ellie a lot. Yeah, I think that's where my biggest, you know, the biggest problem for me lies with this couple. It's adorable. It's cute now. I was rooting for them, you know, and then things happen. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I always like Jack. You know? and, yeah. I yeah. actually prefer Jelly the second time around. But that's just because right now they're so young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just like, ah, it's, it's cute. But, you know, I mean, they're 13. This isn't going to last. But I do appreciate them later because I feel like they're, you know, they're older. They've earned what they've got, you know. And yeah. yeah, you know, and yeah. I'm like, I actually root for them when you get to season five, you know, mm -hmm. like, guys made it through the storm. Congratulations. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> But right now, I'm just like, you're happy. That's great. I think I you know? still, I have an issue, you know, with Ellie, but I'm starting to warm to her a little bit. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> it's weird. I feel like Jack doesn't deserve to be happy because he's such an a-hole. He is but, such but, a uh, little pothead. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I think that for me, it's different watching it now than back then because I've met so many Jacks <laughs> over the years and yeah, I get defensive of them. That's fair. So you've met a lot of a-holes? Oh. <laughs> you left yourself open for that. Uh, uh, you know I didn't mean it like that. I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. You're, you're allowed to be in love with Jack. You're allowed to think he's fantastic. I'm just explaining why this Jack doesn't mm -hmm. do it for me. And the thing is, I don't even hate Jack. I don't like his behavior. I, I hate how it's glorified and that there's never any punishment for this behavior. Yeah. There's never any kind of like, Jack, you shouldn't behave this way. You shouldn't treat people this way. But I don't hate Jack. I love Michael Wesley Smith. I think he's fantastic as Jack. And I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad because they like Jack. You know what I mean? I'm just calling him out you know, <laughs> for being a jerk. <laughs> he's a jerk. He can be. He absolutely can be a little narcissistic too. You know, thinking He's going to grow up. Yeah. And that's great. I love him when he grows up. I'm like, oh, so proud of you, you know. But right now you suck for me. You're just <laughs> a little mouthy, you know. It's how you feel about Patsy. Yes. You, the mom and you're just like, oh, my gosh, she's just a bratty little girl. I can't stand <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, yes. <laughs> See, yes. you know, but you don't hate her. You, you get it. She's just a kid, you know. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I hate Patsy, but. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that, Maggie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, the reason I like Jack for me is just he's as snarky as I was at that age. <laughs> and yeah, that's relatable. Um, yes, yeah, so sticking with puppy love, um, another brilliant idea by Casey sees a snoglog where the tribe take bets on how long Ellie and Jack can kiss for. And when caught, Ellie tells Patsy and Chloe to grow up and leave Casey behind. 
which Patsy does take to heart, leading Chloe to suggest that they should have boyfriends of their own, and the pair start window shopping at the Antidote Clinic. Um, so yeah, panel, what did you make of that? Uh, your children. You don't, you, don't, <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need boyfriends, it's okay. It's okay. Give it a little bit of time. Trust me, you don't want one. Oh, but at that age, with the age difference I, those yeah. kids have, I fully get why Ellie said that. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. But I was like, that's a bit harsh, don't you think? When she- <laughs> it was so petty to say. It was like, so bad. It was so not that nice. That was awful. And then for them to like be like, oh, well, it's no big deal after they already scolded the girls. And and said what they said to the girls, you know, and they leave and then afterwards they just go back to kissing like it's okay, that's funny. <laughs> well, you didn't have to make them feel horrible. That is something me and my girlfriends would have said to some younger girls. Yeah. Who, like mm-hmm. and something to yeah. upset us. We would have probably and, said something like that too. Like, again, teenage girl, you know what I mean? Like I said, absolutely believable that this is a thirteen year old girl talking to an eleven year old. You know? Like I see it. I get it. It was yeah, well because done. The way- you got to see it from Ellie and Jack's point of view. That felt like the g- kids were making fun of it. It did. It did. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I, I, again, I don't think the kids did anything wrong. But if I were 13 and my brothers did this to me, and like, oh, we've been spying on you and your boyfriend kissing, <laughs> you know, and like we've been letting our friends come in and give us a nickel <laughs> so they can see you kiss. I would get real snarky back with that. Oh, yeah, you know absolutely, I mean? absolutely. I would say something like, oh, you guys are only doing this because you're too young to have girlfriends. No girl's going to look at you. You're nine. You know, I would say something I get it. like that. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like, you know what it's I mean? kind absolutely. of a sibling dynamic in the mall, too. You know what I mean? Like, they're the younger, the younger sisters. And then here's, you know, Jack and Ellie, the older siblings or whatever you want to call it. Like, it's, it's that rivalry yeah. amongst them. Like, we have to give you crap for this. Um, absolutely yeah and with the way the girls are behaving it seems like the age difference between them is huge it can feel like it yeah but in reality it isn't no no it's not it's probably what two three years top not not even 11 not even the girls are like what 11 11, 12 Patsy turned 11 in early season one i know but the girls weren't but they weren't betrayed that age in the show. Yeah. They've been betrayed as much. They've been much. betrayed as much younger, even if the actresses were older. No, no I, I mean, mean, Patsy actually. I, I was her going by party. the age that Cloud Nine yeah. says on their. And at her birthday DVDs. party, she turned, what was it? 11. 11. 11. In season one. Well, then I would yeah. like to ask them why they made her act like she was six. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> because of regression due to trauma? Possibly. But ah, oh, the girls' window shopping for boys. <sighs> hey, that's a smart way to go about it. <laughs> I wish I had done window shopping. That's proper. Good job, girls. Work out what you want before you buy it. Mm-hmm. And you cannot tell me that that little picture that Patsy drew was not Casey in the classroom. <laughs> Yellow shirt, spiky green hair. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, you didn't look anything like the guy she saw in the queue. Nope. (laughs) Wasn't blue for one, okay? (laughs) Nothing about him was blue. (laughs) And she literally picked a smurf. (sighs) A tribe leader, that's their first goal. I mean, at least he has standards. 
Her first goal is, okay, I want someone important. It made me worry about Patsy's taste. I ain't going to lie, you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, as they were going through the guys and the one Patsy landed on, I was like, oh, honey. No, you, you do not have any perception or survival skills. This guy. Nose was the, the one that she should have chose. I was like, Patsy, mm-hmm. just look at him. He's got Satan in his eyes. Satan no, in honey. In his eyes and in his heart. <laughs> Apparently his skin on it. It's fine. Patsy was like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She isn't a first girl to fall for a bad boy. True, and she does seem to like the color blue, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, briefly, at the school, um, Celine admits to Ryan that the city kids only draw wars and battles. I just thought it was an interesting line. Like, What do you make of that? Um, it's actually quite heartbreaking because, I mean, what is the default picture kids usually draw in school? Oh. A house, a yard, their family, their mm-hmm. pets. And in the because corner. that's, yeah, that's the reflection, the sun, <laughs> clouds. Yeah, and they draw their reality. Quite heartbreaking. Did find it an interesting thing that we see one of the kids actually drawing a tank. He's like, I'm going to blow up all <laughs> these people. <laughs> that's this fantasy. He was done. But- I could get my oh. hands in a tank. I wouldn't have to come to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, where would they have seen that? I'm not mentioning things from books. Probably toys. This, but <laughs> I would assume toys. Yeah, but... Well, you got the, those kids are a little older, too, though, and the virus is, what, a year, a year, and a half ago? You know what I mean? They're going to remember stuff. Yeah, but they're not that old. There's a huge age gap between Chloe and Patsy and the other kids. Which is what, like, if they're seven or eight, they're going to remember stuff, even if they were four, you yeah. know, five or six. I, I remember toys from when I was three. I, I started drawing when I was two. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's so plausible. They remember stuff mm. that they saw from before the virus, you know. We're still really early. It's not been as long as, you know, been that long. As it feels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Brady's not even crawling. Brady is still an infant. Yeah, and there were at least nine months between people starting to die and her birth. Again, though, that's not that long to forget everything you ever saw from before. Mm -hmm. I just found it interesting how they went for that when all they constantly see is, you know, Gangs fighting. I honestly thought I heard that Ryan said that when he was in school, he used to draw wars yeah, and battles. That he said that that's what he, he said. Did, yeah. That he used to draw them. I didn't know that he meant the kids were, you know. Well yeah, that she goes, she throws all they draw. That's all they draw. That's right. She didn't mm-hmm. say that, didn't she? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you you would hope that, you know, if you let those kids think of something they would want or like a dream. They have, you know, you could imagine them drawing a farm or fresh food. Right. I think it just kind of sets the setting, you know, that these kids only know war. They only know anarchy. Um, make it that much darker and, and, and sadder. That's basically you know? it. Because, you know, n- not everyone remembers much from when they were tiny. Mm-hmm. And their reality is constant battles. Yeah, And when you're that young, a year and a half, 18 months is a lifetime. Yeah. And you are that young. You know, it feels like a lifetime. If I were six years old when the world ended, and now I'm seven and a half, and my teacher says, draw me a picture of what you wish for most. And all I'd seen in that year and a half was warfare. And God knows how I've had to survive Mm -hmm. and how people have treated me in that time. 
I would, I can completely understand a kid being like, you know what? I want the army to yeah. come in here. Mm-hmm. I want them to blow it all away. I want it to go back to normal. I remember the what the army was supposed to do. The army protected us. Mm-hmm. If I had a tank, no one could ever hurt me. Like, I just think it's so possible and understandable why a child would be drawing a picture of a tank. And kids' yeah. memories are amazing. They can remember I, stuff I know. that I, you know, like, it just blows my mind. I, I, I guess it's just weird for me because I don't think I ever had kids in my classroom at that age that knew things about horrors and armies and fighting. Well, it depends on how perceptive they are, where they grew up, where they, they were yeah. exposed to. That, you know, here, that would, that's a thing, you know, America. Yeah. 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 Military, yes. Yeah. Um, and o- over here, most kids will go lots and lots and lots of years before they see a gun yeah. outside a TV screen. Yeah. Okay, this is going to sound really petty, but am I, is, am I the only one who is bothered by this? It's Celine, it was Celine's idea to start a school, okay? Mm-hmm. She decided to take it upon herself to start mm-hmm. a school. And when Ryan first volunteered, she looked at him like, <laughs> really? <laughs> You're mm-hmm. going to help me, Ryan? And and then she's like, uh, I mean, I guess, sure. And then he proved to be really good at it. And all of a sudden, now she can't run her school without Ryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she realized like, she couldn't that first day. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, she, she realized she's not cut out to have order over a whole classroom. <laughs> Like, Celine, what would you have done if Ryan hadn't been there to help you run your school? Come on. Like, why did you're the this was your idea, Celine? So what was your plan to control was, these kids? Otherwise he would have just stormed out of the classroom after screaming at them profoundly. And then just like ordering Ryan around like he's just loafing instead of, you know, doing something productive, actually helping Alice. And just be like, get back in the classroom, Ryan. And I'm just like, this was your idea, Celine. This was your project. One you didn't even want him on, yeah. but now you realize you can't do it, and you just mm-hmm. leave Alice high and dry. I, and then I was yeah. like, uh, I I have to say, Alice's look at her with <laughs> when she goes, I've got a bunch of screaming kids up there, and Alice just goes, Ah, oh, jeez, a bunch of screaming kids that you wanted up there, Celine. <laughs> You dragged them in off the street. I didn't like though, yeah, the way that Danny what? ordered Ryan to go help Alice. Like she didn't actually give him a choice. She asked him, basically yeah, said, "I have to go do this," and then she said, "Okay, cool, thank you," and walked away. In all fairness, I think if it comes between who deserved more help between oh no, no. Alice yeah, dealing with no. all the crazies from the city coming in. And the militia doing zills. Yeah, no problem. Versus Celine having to handle a couple of kids. Yeah, no problem yeah. with Ryan helping Alice, okay? It was the way that Danny yeah. asked him to do it, okay? Yeah, but she views herself as a leader. <laughs> and she's used to ordering people around. <sighs> Not Most of them don't, don't listen, but she knows Ryan will. My only problem with that scene with Danny, I get the urgency. I get she wants to get Alice help. But all I could think is, Danny, what are you doing? Yes. Where did you go? You why, why, why aren't you helping her? Because she just disappears. And I'm like, you're not holding court today. So, what, D- Danny, couldn't you help Where her you out? At? What are you doing? No. Where, no, 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 that Ray? would mean her doing something. Danny delegates. She doesn't. Yeah, she <laughs> does <Yeah>. delegate. Mm mm. <laughs> She's manager material. Uh, I just thought that was a little strange. It reminded me of when Amber was going through her fit of peak yeah. and was screaming at everyone. It was like, 
Amber, why don't you go take care of Lex and leave Zondra the hell alone? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Where's Bray, Danny? Where's your boyfriend? Go get him to help it's Alice. Yeah. That's yeah. probably why she didn't want to go help Alice herself. She had to go keep an eye on Bray. That was the only thing that annoyed me. I was just like, why don't you help her? <laughs> go get your crossbow, Danny. <sighs> That would have been effective. Sorry. sorry. That would have been great. If she would no have just stood there with the independent woman, okay? Yeah, but if she would have just stood there with the crossbow aimed at people in the queue, they might have behaved better. Oh, they would have. <laughs> Absolutely. Then she would have According been to they, they would have growled about the fact that they had to surrender their right. weapons and she didn't. She would have been but... a hypocrite. <laughs> Yeah, but she already was. She is the biggest <laughs> hypocrite. <laughs> but then it would have been right there in front of everybody's faces, and she couldn't have that. I'm sorry, Danny. I can't defend you, even though you didn't do anything wrong, really wrong this episode. But you just you have such a bad track record. I I can't. Sorry, honey. <laughs> I just don't like the way you talk to people. So, sorry. But, well, she at least tried. She, she remembered. She remembered to say please this time. No, because she just like he didn't even answer her, and she just like thanks. Yeah, and she disappears. Hey, at least she says thanks. I was like, what? And then Ryan gets yelled at for it. Are you serious? <sighs> and then you see that going on because then Ryan starts yelling at the girls. <sighs> Yeah, I don't find the B plot very enjoyable, but I do think it's efficient and well-paced and informative. Like, it gets to the nuts and bolts of what's happening in the mall as it's all beginning to unravel. And I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Can we get back to the A plot? So I'll give it points for that. It's perfectly serviceable, but it's not really enjoyable to watch. With the exception of some of the Alice things. I'm just like, okay, can we just leave? I get it, but thank you. At least they didn't drag it out. So, like, they set a very good stage for the problem at the mall so that we have the mm-hmm. ending that we have. But it's not enjoyable to watch, in my opinion. You might be a tribe leader out there, but in here you're nothing. You people think you own the place because of that. But you don't own me. Where's the stuff you keep for yourselves? Give us that. They've got plenty, but they won't give it to us. Give us our antidote! Give it, give it, give it, give it, give it! For God's sake, if I had any, I'd give it to you, alright? You don't need that stupid stuff anyway. Okay, yeah, um, and let's go into the antidote, because when the mutant tribe leader causes a scene at the clinic, Lex only makes matters worse and almost spills the truth about the antidote, leading the mutants to do some digging of his own and later return to confront the mole rats on their lies. As Danny realises the game is up, like, what are your reaction, panel? And Justin's point, the Moors have had so much time now to plan for this eventual fallout. Why have they not done anything? Lance, my darling, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't understand why anybody who knows they have to keep up such a lie would not have a story planned and mm-hmm. rehearsed for everyone. I don't understand <laughs> They act like they've never had to say a lie in their lives. I was, like, we learn how to lie as soon as we learn how to speak. Danny is good at lying, no. too. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. She is good at playing the yeah. long game. I don't understand that, okay? But I will say the satisfaction yeah. I felt when I saw the look on her mm-hmm. face when she realized they had no more power, I was like, yes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. 
it's, it's not even just the fact they haven't got a lie. They, they haven't planned for the, the aftermath. Yeah. They've not had I, any... Uh, they, they honestly, have, no, they don't just get saying, it. Let's continue the course. Continue the course until the time comes. The time is now, and now you're done messed up. Oh. Yeah, because they don't like to think about the future. It's true. Danny and Bray have never had an actual plan. They have an mm -hmm. idea, but they've never had a plan. Yeah. Now, Ebony may have done some evil things, but she had a plan. That is why mm. kids, the kids were actually willing to consider her plan compared to Bray and Danny, who are just like, let's just cross our fingers and hope that our idea works out. But like you said, there's no contingency plans. Yeah. They know that they're lying to the city kids and they can't last forever. So what happens when they find out? What happens when the city kids start yeah. asking questions? Nothing. They got nothing. And I'm like, you guys are idiots. Like, I, I don't. And they should have known this was coming, especially after people confronted Dal. <laughs> they should have known. I mean, if Lex comes back and tells you, I was out there with a bunch of kids who have not taken the antidote for weeks and they've been fine. You're like, mm -hmm. how long can you keep this under wraps, guys? I understand you're trying to buy as much time as possible, but if you're going to buy the time, buy the time with a purpose. Yeah. When you're buying time, yeah. it's so that you can make a plan, right? And they don't yeah. even bother making yeah. a plan. They've had two weeks and they didn't bother making a plan. Because they could have so easily come up with a, yeah, we're testing on ourselves to see if it's safe. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, they, they could have Ebony simply does that said, later. yeah, because they could have simply said that they were just trying to see if it was safe for everyone. And because they weren't sure they were continuing with it, mm -hmm. you know, but, and that would have been so easy. And so little effort. Yeah. And that thought didn't even cross their minds. And it's just not. How nope. hard is it to just, when someone says, have you had your antidote today? How hard is it yeah. to say, yes, this morning? It's antidote or, day. Oh, we oh no, all, not yet. I, I thought I'd take it with you. Like, yeah. I don't understand how hard it is to say on antidote day, we make a batch. Everyone here in the mall gets their dose. And then we start giving the rest of the dose to you. That's why there's nothing left when you dump the yeah. punch bowl over, idiot. I don't understand mm -hmm. how hard this is. Like, I get it. They want it to be obvious that the mall rats are lying. But they don't sound like normal human beings. Because people lie. They're good at it. We learn yeah. to be good at it. It's a survival instinct. And these kids are just suddenly like Dora the Explorer. They don't know what a lie is. I, I Oh, my gosh. Drove me crazy. <sighs> No plan, idiots. Nope. And you think that there are enough people in that whole mall to actually find enough brain cells to come up with one? No, I, I don't have makes it. Me, makes me wonder <laughs> how much that antidote affected their brain. So currently, Ellie <laughs> is sucking Jack's brain cells out through his mouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> so those are gone. That's gone. Uh, but Alice has brain cells. Um, she's stretched pretty thin, though. Alice yeah. is yeah. she, she can't do everything. Wonder Woman, but come on. <laughs> Actually, oh. when Ellie, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Ellie sucking his brains out because <laughs> when they were kissing, all I heard here was Mega's voice in my head. Why are these people always eating each other? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Okay, you guys are probably going to want to stone me, and I deserve it, but I'm going to say, for a brief moment, I felt bad for Danny when she realized it's over. I know, I know, I know, I'm so sorry, but it's just, 
the look on her face, Ella delivers such a resignation mm-hmm. in her body language. Like she wanted yeah, she this did so well. bad. She fought so hard. I, I don't agree with any of her methods at all. I feel like it was all very selfish. But that's the moment you really believe, you realize you are not going to achieve the thing you've been fighting for, lying for, stealing for, you know? Mm-hmm. And in that brief moment, Ella just delivers it, her, the way her shoulders slump. And she's, mm-hmm. Bray's like, we can keep this up. And she's like, no, Bray, he's right. It's over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she has no hope that they can somehow work with this or still make peace. She, her dream just went kaput right there. And for a brief second, I actually felt bad for her. I was like, that sucks. So that was very well done. It was. It was well delivered. Hashtag no sympathy. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) You're not going to convince me. Sorry. (laughs) Nice try, though. (laughs) Good delivery. I I wasn't trying to convince you. I I was... Admitting a mortal flaw in my humanity. Because <laughs> whereas that was incredibly satisfying for me. <sighs> it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. I forgive you. Sometimes I'm not always rational. <laughs> Every now and then my emotions get the best of me. What's oh, the episode? Like at the end of the day, I don't feel bad for the mall rats that this is about to happen mm-hmm. because they did it to themselves. But just for a second, just seeing Danny yeah. just quit and shut down i was like that's a crappy feeling right there mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm trying so hard maggie's like cry more okay <laughs> oh man oh it's fine okay Whew, i'm good i'm good yeah, don't you think it's interesting though that bray is the one who's like he's been so on board the danny train that we can just plow through this screw our morals so he's the first one to say this is okay we can continue lying to these kids and she's the one who has to stop the train and say bray it's over see how far he's fallen (laughs) she's like oh crap what have i created she's the one who literally has to pump the brakes and hit him with reality we're not going we're not going to disneyland bray i'm sorry Oh. He's like, this is the dentist. You lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> and here we thought Allie was the one sucking brains out. They're <laughs> not boyfriend and girlfriend yet. Don't, don't you rush that. Don't uh, you rush that. I mean, no, no, no. no. <laughs> She's his reason for being alive. Oh, nope. She's his reason. I, it yeah. means nothing without her, Maggie. Uh, yep. <laughs> She's the shining light of the city. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they meant with Out of the Darkness, a light shine. It's filling up. <laughs> I swear. <sighs> you guys just want to torture me. I get it. It's fine. It's on theme for the yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode. So after torturing KC for information on Ebony's whereabouts, Alice goes with Ty San and Cloudy to Spike's warehouse, where they finally find Ebony locked in a cupboard. So yeah, what did you make of that rescue? Jab, Cloudy. First, let me just say, I'm just going to say this. Alice is so amazing that he had me condoning the yes. torturing of a child. Yes. Go ahead. Waterboarding, oh. Alice. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm no, fully aboard for that. I would have done that. Oh my god. I would have done that at that age. And then just Tyson asking her, you didn't hurt him really. You didn't hurt him, Alice, did you? No, no. I, <laughs> I offered him swimming lessons. If anyone else had done that to Casey, I'd be having a mothering right. election right now. Mm-hmm. But it was but Alice. Alice. Because Alice you doesn't go, girl. really want to hurt him. No, she's not really going no. to hurt him. She just might give him a disease. It's okay. <laughs> a little sewage. No big deal. She's just traumatizing him for life. It's fine. It's Alice. I don't mind. Swirly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I just, I just needed to start with that. <laughs> it, this is the Alice version of a wedgie. Yeah, and and I like seeing Alice just holding him upside down. Pretty yeah, kid. What are you gonna do about this? You're gonna talk because we need to save someone. Good on so Casey though, trying not to. He held out as long as he could, and <laughs> I'm kid. I mean, he's shown that he's tough, yeah, and that <laughs> that he will go up against Alice if he thinks that's the best thing to do. And then, of course, continuing the Alice train of love, I, I love the fact that, you know, Tysant is like, she's off, she's going to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Alice only got this information to put Tysant at ease. Mm-hmm. It's not like Alice cared, you know, but no. she knew it bothered Tysant. So she went and got this information from Casey so she could tell Tysant, Ebony's fine. And then there's Tysant, like, I, she, he knows where she was going, but he doesn't know what happened to her. She got there, I got to go. And there's Alice like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm going with you, you know, and, and I love what she says under her breath. And mm-hmm. Tyson's like, I thought you weren't worried, you know, if there's nothing wrong and my dream is not, I'm crazy, what do you care? She's like, I'm not worried about her, I'm worried about you, you know, yeah. just like, that just chasing after your loved one as they run in traffic, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I gotta save you from yourself. You're gonna get yourself hurt out there trying to save this woman who tried to kill you, you know? And yeah. I don't I don't get it, but I love you, so here I come. I'm going with you. That's such beautiful support. Mm-hmm. I just and I love that. It shows so much of Alice's character. As Alice is wonderful. And it's just it's it's a joy to look at. Yeah. And all I could think was, gee, why didn't they try looking for Trudy and Brady this right. way? Why didn't why wasn't that <laughs> the thing? Mm-hmm. That's because Alice wasn't attached to Trudy. Yet. And apparently Tysan didn't dream about Trudy. It's fine. <laughs> no, she was knocked out. Has Alice selective was busy. dreaming. Yep. Yeah, no, but Alice was busy looking after Tysan who got herself blown up. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. She wasn't dreaming. She was unconscious. But then she woke yeah. up all a changed person, so yeah, and she didn't even dream before getting blown yes, up. She didn't, she didn't even dream either. about Brady getting... <laughs> well, you guys, you, come on, she doesn't dream about everything. She needs you know? yeah, to start. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know how many disasters to- could be avoided if Tysan just dreamt about them all? Uh, she was probably out of herbs. <laughs> she would make a terrible Avenger, I admit, because her powers are not dependable. No. But that's the whole ambiguity of it all. Um, I like this whole search. I actually think this is filmed incredibly well. Mm-hmm. I love the tension. I love like when Spike chose to leave Ebony the way he did, without even under knowing that this was part of her trauma. He's just so done with her. It's such a powerful statement, someone you hate, when you can say, you know what, I'm finished with you. You no longer have power over me. That mm-hmm. he's able to just say, all right, fine, I didn't get what I want from you, but... 
I'm just going to leave you. I'm walking away. I'm done. I had my fun with you. And, and to leave someone in a position where you know they won't be found and they won't be able to call for help, that is cold. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like his hatred of – I again, I'm not demonizing him for hating Ebony. He has good reason for it. But wow. Like talk about your own cruelty coming back on you. Mm-hmm. The things that she's mm-hmm. done to people coming back on Tenfold, her. yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I just the fact he was just like, I'm going to leave you in here. There's no reason anyone's going to come here in time to save her. And she wouldn't even be able to call she out to them if they that. did. Mm-hmm. She oh knows that word. no one cares enough. Yeah. Come looking for her. That was, and he, the way he did it, like, there's no expression yeah. on his face. It's not like he's yeah. not giddy. He's not like, ha ha ha, this is what I'm doing. He's just like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I don't care what happens yeah. to you now. I'm out. See ya. We're leaving. And, like, the way she, she's like, you don't have the guts. And he's just like, whatever, Ebony. And then she realized he's going to mm-hmm. do this. He's going to close my mouth. He's going to silence me. And that's it. Um, and then just leave her. And just leave her there in the dark. You know, oh, my God. In the that is, dark, locked up. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. I'd be like, just shoot yeah. me, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about it. She has three days likely to die of dehydration. Mm-hmm. in there you know what i mean like that is a horrible way to go that is an absolute mm-hmm. horrible way to go and uh, the, the, and that he's just like bye see ya and geez sammy you certainly got around <laughs> my word <laughs> this kid was everywhere in tribe world mm-hmm. i think all of this was executed so wonderfully i cloudy oh already what earning a, keep you sweet little day Good dog, go. She is. Tyson, a dumb dog. Well, that dumb dog found her. Shut up. That felt really out of character it, it for her did. to say. It absolutely did. You could see Alice making a comment like, like that offhand. You know what I mean? It just didn't. It made no sense because Cloudy has clearly been moving with a purpose this entire time. She hasn't been wandering over to trash cans. No. And she's been mm-hmm. guiding you somewhere. So why would you suddenly ignore her urgency right now? You know what I mean? I just, I just felt a little out of character. I, I um, think they just really felt that there was nothing for them to find over there. But for Cloudy to pull away, like, like you know, like, like over here, over here, over here. And it's like, suddenly they're just like, dumb dog. Like, yeah. Come on, you guys. Like, it just Literally seemed a little brought, weird. brought the dog to do exactly what it's doing. Right. <laughs> Alice should know better. Um. I think this is all executed beautifully. I even love the way uh, Ebony winces when the light, you know, mm-hmm. you know, she was prepared yeah. to be stuck in that darkness. She is so surprised. And the way her eyes widen at seeing who it is, that it really is, the door really has opened and it's two people that she knows and the surprise yeah. on her face. The only thing, the only complaint or criticism I can make about it is I wish she'd been in there just a little longer. Yeah. I feel she's rescued a tad too soon, but mm-hmm. it, considering that she's already, her trauma box yeah. has been opened, you know what I mean? Like, she was broken up. Spike broke her before. She was broken. Yeah. 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 But I do wish it had been just a teensy bit longer. Like, there'd just been a tiny bit of a longer period of time between Spike leaving her and the girls finding her. But otherwise. Yeah, because it kind of felt like they just missed Spike. Yeah. And they did, which also does help the tension. Like, they're just a step behind him. What mm-hmm. if they give up before finding her? So that works, but 
Yeah, or what if they would have walked in a couple of seconds sooner, you know, if they saw him there? Because what's interesting is even though we all agree Ebony's a terrible person, nobody should even want to find her, we still are rooting for Tyson and Alice to do so. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we're rooting for us to, I don't know why we're rooting for them to find her, but we are. Did anybody want them to not find Ebony? No. I love Ebony. I think she is a wonderful, she's not a good character, she's not a good person, you know what I mean? But she's a wonderful character. Right. But I did feel bad for her with, you know, the traumas they showed us, and then her being left like that. I wanted her to be found. Because you could see how broken she was. I wanted her to be found because I didn't feel like she deserved to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I didn't feel sorry. Okay. No, it's not a a feeling sorry per se. It's just more a... You know, it just, it felt like it would go too far to just leave her there forever. Yeah. Because you could feel her panic throughout the whole scene. And scenes. I guess it is really symbolic, you know, that Ty San is the one that finds her. Yeah. You know. the person. Yeah, the person you would have killed. Just like uh, Trudy saving Lex's life on the beach. It's like, oh, <laughs> this is the person. The person I've been terrible to, the person I've been trying to get rid of, is the only reason I'm still alive. The same thing is happening to mm-hmm. Ebony. Like, if I had my way, you'd be dead. And and what about Trudy helping Celine after Celine left her to die? Well, I mean, I'm talking about someone actually actively saving your life after you kind of try to take theirs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Lex tried to destroy Trudy's life, and she's the only reason he's alive. And here's Ebony, who tried to kill Tyson and didn't succeed. And Tyson's the only reason why she doesn't die. You know what I mean? Like, that's in there. Mm -hmm. You know? Right, and nobody would have gone to find her. So I just, I I think that's a really cool parallel right there. And yeah, I just think that that last act, it just seals the episode. It's brilliant. What a way to end this, you know, to end the episode. It's a cliffhanger, but we still, we know, okay, she gets rescued. She gets rescued. I just think it says something of how good the writing can Mm -hmm. be on the show. That's why we love it. Like when it's bad, it's freaking bad. When it's good, it is so good. And this Mm -hmm. kind of writing is the reason why we could look at a character like Ebony, who we know is a terrible person, and yet we wanted her to be rescued. She's that compelling Mm -hmm. of a character that we didn't want her to go out like this. We're like, no, Spike can't be the one who takes her out. This is wrong. No way. I don't want her to be the leader of the mall rats, right? But I don't want to not see her anymore either. No, because we need more Meryl. I want to get to continue to see Ebony's character and where she goes, you know, through this show. Mm -hmm. It's satisfying that they Mm -hmm. found her, you know, and it's like, it shouldn't be. She's a horrible person, but she's... He's like person. Loki. We freaking yes, love Loki. Yes. We don't care how many times he stabs his brother. We love Loki. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the best comparison ever. Yes, I think that was the best one. We know Loki is terrible and done terrible, terrible things. But we are always... Cannot trust him. We're still pulling for him. Every time he dupes his brother, we're like, Thor, you should know better. We don't want Loki to go it's away. We... when he died, you know, like... And died, died, and died, and died, and died, and, died. and, died. and, and again, and again. Oh. It got us full times with him. <laughs> and we were like, no, every, every time. time. Every time. <sighs> that's just good writing. That's good character yeah, And that's what I say about Ebony. You know? She's written so well and she's played so, so well. 
uh, that you want this character to stick around. Want to see more of what she can do, what she's going to do. You want to see her story. I can't give up hope for her. Exactly. I feel that's another reason why people tend to pull for Lex, too. You know? Because they want to see that character growth. They want to see him be better. They still pull for him. I think they're just too clumsy with some of the unforgivable things they have Lex do compared to the unforgivable things they have Ebony do. Mm-hmm. But they still want us to treat him the same, you know. Exactly. And it's like, it's benefit of Caleb's acting that gets us through the Lex stuff. But they're just better at honing the awful things that Ebony does that you're still kind of rooting for her. Yeah, because they're different evil things. Yeah, so it's just, it's really cool. I, I just, I loved this. I thought it was a great way to end the episode. Because like I said, I started it and I, was, I wasn't feeling no, it, you yeah. guys. And then we get to the end. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> this eighth plot is so good. So that brings series two, episode 27 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, you can send us a message over on our Facebook page, the tribe at Club UK, or on our website. So we'll see you next time for episode 28. Until then, bye. 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 Bye.